online with us today. It's great to have you here as well. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors on this team, and I'm just, I'm going to do this because it's going to irritate me the whole time, so I'm just going to close this door. Sorry. That was scripted. Anyway, okay. It's good. How many of you are excited that you're in September? A couple people. This has been a great day so far. Uh, I love this baptisms. I love watching the family when baptisms happen. Tears streaming down their faces. Th these are important moments, and you're here for a great day. This is our kickoff Sunday. And so some of you I do see are wearing the jerseys, which is good. Um, I'm liking this. We got a Canuck jersey over here. I pray for them very hard. Uh, but it is good. We're excited to be here today, and I'm glad that you are here. Now, how many of you have um, a friend in your life? Does anybody? Have friends like, and if you don't put up your hand, um, I'm sorry. I like, but I'm sure we all have friends. So you're in a group setting, and a suggestion comes up. Someone in the group is like, "Okay, we're here." So for instance, we're at church. Someone's going to come up to you and be like, "Hey, we should actually go down to this this restaurant and go have lunch together today." So they're going to propose something to you that way. Another group of friends may be like, "Hey, we're thinking of this dream vacation to get away," and they kind of consider you there. Then over here, we've got some other people who are talking like, "Maybe let's go to the mall. Let's go to the game." And they they ask a question to to you, and and it is this, and they simply ask, "Are you in?" To which you would answer, read, read the shirt. <laughs> so the, the idea, though, is that what they're asking you in that moment is, would you like to participate in, in what we're about to do? So here's the suggestion. And the opposite could be true as well. They would look at you and probably say, are you in or are you out? To, again, which you are going to answer, Okay, so you guys are super good at this. This is great. But this little, this little word in is a very intriguing one. And truthfully, for all of us here today, we are into a lot of things in our lives, are we not? Some people are in love or in heat. <laughs> Pastor Tyson, as you have learned, is into ice cream. Pastor James is into Taylor Swift. <laughs> Pastor James, just shake it off. It's all good. You could be inside. You could be in the middle. In. Somebody say, in. So here's my question. What are you into? Like, what are the things that your life is so occupied with that you are into? It steers you. It takes you a direction. What are you into today? This little word in is a preposition, and it belongs most of the time in a prepositional phrase. Now, again, not to get all uh, teacher-esque on us here today, but it's a group of words, right? They are consisting of the preposition. It then consists of its objects and any words that would be added to modify the actual object. Typically, the word in is talking about a verb or a noun, and this is what happens. So, for instance, um, we use the phrase in time. Now, in time could talk about where I was born in 1975. It could be that I arrived in Victoria in 2017. It could also say for some of us, I was born in the 18th century, which none of you are, right? It could be the fact that you were in somewhere. In fact, we could be in France today, but we're in Victoria. 
you are in this room. Some of us in our lifetime, we will be in a hospital. And some of you students are going to go back to being in school tomorrow. And aren't you excited for it? Come on, anybody? Amen? No? Okay. All the parents again are like, yeah, let's go. Now, through the month of September, I would like to outline for all of us a journey um, that has been, you know, 10 months in its, in its making. It's been a journey where we have sought direction for us as a church. We wanted to see what we could do. And so this month, I've dedicated um, our teaching time to um, vision and forecasting. And I want to do it through this word, in. Somebody say, in. Now, we were in a season not too long ago called COVID, and uh, out of that, it disrupted a lot of things. And so um, what we were looking for is that post this COVID moment, um, and we begin to see because the church begins to fill up, uh, people are back to activities and get-togethers, and so people are now in to getting together and kind of going that way. But we thought, well, what does that look like for us as a church? And so we wanted to investigate it and to reset and then to set a direction for all of us together. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. So without vision, people cast off restraint. Another version would say that people will perish, but probably my most favorite translation is that where there is no vision, um, people run wild and are out of control. Have you ever run wild? Have you ever been out of control in your life? See, without the revelation of God, those without godly vision, you live purposeless lives. And so we want to explore what this is. And so my question for all of us here today in this place is, do you have vision for your life? Like, do you personally develop vision? Whether it would be under or around your finances, Maybe it's because you are single and living the single life, and that's okay. I actually think that our single people in our church should be celebrated a whole lot more. Probably true to say, right? And we love you if you're in that stage, but do you have vision for your life by being there? Just as much as I would talk to those of you who have families, and do you have vision for yourselves there? We could go on about our education. I would hope that you have a vision for your life in regards to faith, and then lastly, what about your relationships? There are opportunities all around us to have vision in our lives. Now, vision for me has duality to it. Vision is both individual, meaning that you have the opportunity to create it for yourself. And did you know that vision can be corporate? That we have an opportunity together to learn, to set a goal, and to do something that is directed towards our future. And this is what vision is, actually. It's about your preferred future. Can you think about your future? Do you prefer anything good out of your future today? Because this is your opportunity to step in and take a look at this. It is all about ambition. And, but today, what I need you to do, though, with me for just a, a couple of moments is oftentimes we want to take vision and purpose and make them the same thing, but they're not the same thing. And in fact, they, they would probably be first cousins in their family. But the reality is there's a differentiation between these two words, and this is what it is, is because vision will always build on purpose. I mean, you have purpose in your life. You know what you're made of. You know what you're for, but do you have the vision to propel it to the future? Let me explain. Purpose in your life will clarify things, but vision motivates you to go get it. 
I mean, purpose will give you meaning, but guess what vision does? It prompts you to action. Purpose will anchor you in your life, but vision evokes awe, and it releases a beautiful imagination. And I'm, I'm a fan of this quote, and I didn't know its author, but it said, I want you to learn from your past. I want you to envision your future so you can live your vision in the present. And you have this opportunity today to set vision for your life. There are two staples of vision that I have been processing and getting ready for this series for the fall. And as we have worked it over with our pastoral team and others, I mean, there's these two words that I want to kind of drop into your purview today. And in order for vision to happen, in order for vision to happen in your life, two words, imperative and possible. My question to you is today, is the vision of your life imperative? And what is imperative? Imperative is this. It's of vital importance. It's crucial. It's essential. It's an urgent thing. It becomes possible because you're not going to set up these goals without believing in the fact. So it really, at the end of the day, is all about faith. It is about saying, I can go get that, which has been placed into my ambition drive, and I'm going to go take a look at it. And can we be honest for a second here today? Not everything is imperative in your life, correct? I mean, that next pair of shoes that you really so badly want to go get, not really that imperative. It's not that urgent, unless it's for your graduation, maybe, right? And there are so many things around this idea that we think everything is so imperative. Is it important? Sure. But imperative? Not necessarily. And that's where we kind of are stuck here today because although I know that I am unable to develop vision for your life when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your finances or your family, I do not have an opportunity to do that. But you know where I do have an opportunity to place some vision into your life is through this word called faith. And I hope that you would have a vision for your own faith today. And with our pastoral team, we believe it's our responsibility to bring a corporate vision to us when it comes to your faith path. Not only that, we believe that as you develop your individual faith path, it will intersect with the corporate faith path, and we're going to get somewhere together today. And so today, I want to talk to us about a journey of this entire last year that lands us here on September 10th, ready to talk about our vision and where we're going to go together as a church this year. And it is here where I would pitch this. What I'm about to say today is imperative for you. It's urgent. And I also believe that it's possible for you to go get and so today we're going to do that. And it is led basically through our values. And our values here at the church are summed up in three specific words. They are our vision as well. They are our purpose. They are our identity. These are things that we not just believe in for right now, but we believe that these are things that we are growing towards as a church together. Three words. And if you know them with me, say them with me. But it is connect, grow, and serve. I mean, these three things that are things that we are passionate about. We want people to connect with God and other people. We want people to grow in their faith. We want people to serve. We believe that that is so critical for us. But to do that today, I'm going to land you on some information that has happened from you in your seats that you have given to us this last year. To do that, I'm going to show you an inverted triangle. Or if you prefer the funnel look, that's even better. But this is where it's going to narrow itself down and you're going to kind of see what we're talking about and where we're wanting to go. 
So the first thing that I want to share with you about this journey this year is that in March, um, I hosted this thing called the Think Tank. This think tank brought together about 60 plus different people from our church um, congregation. It was of all ages, it was of all sexes, it was of all ethnicity, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to gather some input. And through the exceptional leadership of John Kaplan, who was our facilitator, he basically said to me that I had one thing that I could do in this think tank that I invited people to, and this is what he told me, you just have to shut up. I couldn't say anything. I know this is probably my mic. I don't know what's going on with it, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going. He said, Sean, and he really didn't tell me to shut up. Those are my words. But he told me to be quiet. He said, actually, through the course of this think tank, you are unable to pitch to people what you're about. You cannot pitch to people what you think this church should be and where it should go in this next stage. You just need to listen. So I also gave that instruction to our pastors. I also gave that instruction to our board members who worked at ta as table facilitators through the course of that day because they would have their time soon as well. And it was here in the think tank where we were able to listen to the people that, again, you are sitting in the seats right now. The exercise was collaborative, and it was looking for discernment so that we could hear together. I believe that when I read the lens of scripture that it is a very collaborative process and I believe that you could do it corporately in discernment together. I read story after story about people who were able to do it and I thought, why not for our church? In fact, this is one of those leadership things about me that will never change. I love collaboration, I like discernment and it was great to jump into this think tank because we wanted to know how our church adherents were viewing the state of our church and what we should pay attention to, perhaps what do we need moving forward. There were only two guiding thoughts that were given to the think tank participants. Number one, what do we need inwardly? What do we need for us here who are sitting or you're online with us today? But number two is that how would this affect us outwardly? Let me say this is that if you think by coming to Colwood Church, it's always going to be about you and the inward approach, you're in the wrong place. Because my Bible tells me that we are to have an outward approach and look at the people who need Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, does that mean that we're going to ignore the people in the house? Not at all. We believe that that's vital, and so we're going to take a look at that. But we have to have that dualistic approach again as to what we are going to land with. Now, eight groups mixed throughout the day landed on two areas, two things. And I got to tell you, it was super amazing to watch. In fact, it was beautiful to watch how 60-plus people could land on two words at the end of the course of the think tank. And these are the words that um, were given to us that day. It was training and relationships. These were the two things that you, as representation of the church, said, this church in this next season, you have to pay attention to training and you have to pay attention to relationships, both inward and outward. So which takes us to the second part of the process. And so after that, Think Tank, I had a pastor and a board retreat in April and it was here where the data was then presented to our board and to the pastors. And for a month and a half, we were able to prayerfully consider, go through the stuff that was collected out of the think tank. 
The goal for our board, as you see on the picture on the screen, was that our board's objective is to establish ends. They're saying to us as pastors, this is where we want this church to go. This is where we need to go. And so it is in this pastor board retreat where we begin to work on these ends together. We have to. This is a must-do within this next season. After sifting through all of the data that we had, the back and forth, the agree and the disagree, there were two statements that then came from this retreat specifically for you today and for us together as a whole. Now, this is what I'm asking you. I, earlier I said, do you have a vision for your life when it comes to your faith journey? So these two statements, I want you to now narrow that in a little bit further, and I'm asking you, in relationships and in training, do you have a vision pathway? Do you have a preferred future for what you would like to see happen in your life? Because we believe that by paying attention to these things this year, your journey with Jesus Christ goes to a whole other level. This is what it said. In relationships, that every person at Callwood Church is connected into life-giving relationships where they experience accountability, belonging, and care. A, B, C, easy as one, two, three. Let me ask you a question. When it comes to your faith journey with Jesus, do you have relationships in your life outside of perhaps even your spouse, although that is a good one, that bring accountability, that will bring belonging, that will bring care. Because our think tank felt that perhaps in some people's lives, these things were missing. And so they said, we need you to pay attention to this. It's that vital. It is that imperative that you lean into these moments. So relationships. The second thing that we saw was training. This idea of training is this, that every person knows their identity and purpose in Jesus and are equipped to do God's work and to help reproduce that life-giving faith in others. I just noticed this for the first time. Do you notice how it says in Jesus? That's pretty neat. We're going to get to that in a moment. I didn't catch that before. I'm not babbling. Trust me. I'll make sense of that in a moment. Do you know your identity? Do you know your purpose? Not only that, the thing I love about this statement is that do you reproduce yourself into other people? Because this is one thing that I know about this church. We have a plethora of new people who are coming in, and we have some people who have sat a really long time in these seats, and we need now for you to reproduce in other people, and we need you to make those steps to help other people in their growth pattern and their trajectory with Jesus as well. I mean, when you look at these words, training and relationship, talk about imperative and possible. And I know some of you are like, that's impossible, Sean, what you're pitching to us right now. The fact that you're going to, you know, take us to the ABCs of relationship and that I can actually know who I am in Jesus Christ, but I'm going to reproduce it. No way. But I'm here to tell you today that faith has got to have the words of imperative and possible to it. This is urgent for us. We see the need for it. And we believe as pastors that this is possible for you. And we are not going to try to set you up for failure here because we don't want that option for you. So what we are pitching today and what we are saying is that it is imperative and possible that we can see this thing happen together. Come on, somebody. Are you, are you ready to go with this? Took us, took us to the third layer, though. 
I mean, and so instead of having a pastor and a board retreat, I had just a pastor retreat. How many of you know I like retreats now, right? Like, so, but we took it to another one because what we did with the board is that the board said, this is the end. Now, what I need you to do is to go get there. And so in front of our pastors, uh, we had to present the how. How are we going to do this? I mean, it sounds really cool. It sounds like exciting, but like what and how are we going to be able to do to get there? And so for three days at Nanus Bay Pentecostal Camp, in prayer and fasting, in engaging conversations where we agreed and disagreed with each other again, where we focused on both the inward and the outward aspects of how we're going to make this vision happen for our church, a plan was built. And I know you are super excited to hear this plan, but I will share more on that in the next two weeks, so I'm inviting you to come back. (laughs) No, seriously, I'm not telling you what it is today. But we have a plan, and we're going to show you in training and in relationship and what they're going to look like because we are hoping that you will get a vision for your faith this year, and this is an opportunity in which to do it. Now, we don't want you to miss it, and so we're going to kind of unravel that a little bit more as we go into this next week. So, now, some of you are thinking, what in the world, Sean, does this have to do with the word in? And I'm glad you asked, so let me answer. It leads us to the last part of the funnel, or the triangle. Earlier this year, with the help of Pastor Tyson, we landed on a direction that we would spend in our study together as a church this year. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to kind of start into it today, but uh, starting in October, in our first Sunday there, we are as a church going to study through the book of Ephesians this year. And as we um, kind of put that on the map, we shared that with our pastors in the pastor retreat as well. The think tank people had no clue that we were going to do Ephesians. In fact, our board no clue that we were about to do Ephesians. It's just our pastors. And so my encouragement to our pastors was that we would together set a theme for our year. And it was within that time spent together, I asked them all to read the book of Ephesians over and over and over and over and over again through different translations so that we could kind of try to find something that we would land on together as a team And at that pastor's retreat, I would dare say this, that some could say that that's where the magic happened. But I'm going to propose this. That's where the Holy Spirit revealed something to us. And in that book of Ephesians, we saw something. And as we look back at the think tank and the pastor board retreat and our own retreat, it became abundantly clear what the Holy Spirit of God was speaking to us as a church for this next season of our lives. It is the vision cast that we are presenting to you today because we believe the Spirit of God is saying, pay attention to this, Sean, and tell the people this is what we've got to focus in on in this next season of our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 became kind of like the, the, the linchpin of all of the data and all of the hours spent, the prayer and the talking and the agreeing, disagreeing. Ephesians chapter 4, it came together and it said this, It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And watch this, to prepare God's people for works of service. Somebody say train. So that the body of Christ would be built up until 
I'm going to go to the screen, actually. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. I have a question for you. Have, have you reached full unity with people in your life? Anybody here? Have you, are you good? You got this all figured out? You wrote a book, made some money? Let me in. See, the reality is, is that we all are working towards this thing together in unity, which is our relationship as well. Um, how many of you would admit that the person beside you is fully mature today? Go ahead, put up your hand. Yeah, like, yeah, thank you. That's good, Pastor James Tyson. Wow. The only deceived ones in the room. Anyway, so <laughs> this is good. But this, again, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of, of Christ. Continue. And then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is in the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body relationship, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And it was here where we saw the think tank. We saw our pastor board retreat. We saw our pastor's retreat. We were saying, this is it. That what we are looking towards this year is summed up in Ephesians chapter 4, but it is punctuated by what we're going to do together as a church, the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, where it reads this. Take a look. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, God's holy people in Ephesus. The faithful, say it with me, in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise for spiritual blessings in Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Stop right there for a second. I want you to see this today. Is that you have been chosen by Jesus Christ. Like he chose you and in this world where it kind of tells you that you're not enough or that you're not going to be whatever in the eyes of somebody else. Jesus said before you were even born, before you came a thing in this world, I chose you to be in me. And it continues, in love he predestined us for adoption, sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed, where? In Christ, do you know that the mystery of this world is found in Jesus Christ? And guess what? He's given you the revelation of what that is, if you'll pay attention to it. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Let's get the grand finale going on right now. In order that we who are first to put our hope, say it, in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory, and you are also included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal and is the person of the, of the Holy Spirit. 
who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Everybody breathe. Do you see a theme there? Do you see what's going on? Somebody say, in. This is what I want to ask you today. You may be into a lot of things these days. And you know what it is for you. Your attention is occupied by these other in moments. You're into a lot of stuff. But are you in Christ? The opposite of of being in Christ is that you are perhaps in the world, is what the scriptures will say. And some of us are really good at that world thing, right? Me included. There have been moments and patterns in my life where the world has occupied my in, rather than landing in Christ the way I should be. It also says that in the scriptures that you could also be in the flesh. So you are in the desires of what you just want to do rather than being in Christ. So I'm asking you today, what are you into? Because this is important for our conversation this year. Because our pastors have sensed that this word in, it actually matters for us. Let me explain why. In Paul's letters, there are about 164 references to this phrase, in Christ, in him, through him. It, It doesn't mean that you are inside the body of Christ like a tool in a toolkit. What this is meaning is that you are organically united to Christ. That as a limb to a body or a branch in a tree. Organically connected. In fact, the Greek original language of this text in Christ says this, that it denotes a fixed position. That when you are in Christ, you are home. That when you are in Christ, you belong. That when you are in Christ, your foundation, although waves and wind will come, you can still be secure in Christ. It means that there is a union to be with him, that you are joined to. It means that you are one with. Are you in Christ? Proverbs told us that without vision, people do what? They run around like chickens with their heads cut off. They run wild. They got nothing. But did you lean into the second part of that verse? If you don't have vision, you're going to perish. You cast off restraint. You run wild. But blessed, happy are those who actually pay attention to the word of God because in that, they will find life. And Ephesians has shown us something here this year. Through all of the human data we've tried to collect through our different retreats, Ephesians spoke and it said this that you need to be as a people in training you need to be equipped for good works it said that you need to be in relationship so that we can reach unity together that we could reproduce ourselves in one another and the word of God when we pay attention to it changes who we are so I have a question for you today when it comes to developing a vision around training and relationships this year for your own spiritual life and vision cast are you in or are you out 
So you should really answer this way right now if you believe it. Let me ask you. Do you this year want to have a vision for training in relationships in your life? Are you in or are you out? Okay. When it comes to this training, this is what I'm saying. Are you in training this year? Are you going to develop a plan that will help bring growth to your life? Why? Because Jesus told us that's an important thing to do. In fact, I would dare to say that he says that it is an imperative thing to do. It's urgent. So what is the path? What are you going to do with that this year? Listen, when it comes to training this year, let me ask you, Call the Church, are you in or you're out? Okay, some of you are convinced that you're in, some are not. That's okay. But if I were to invite you and give you an opportunity into life-giving relationships, would you take it? If I could offer and we could offer together that every person had accountability, care, and belonging, would you take it? Are you in or are you out? See, this year, we are on a journey together. We are looking to teach us what it looks like to be in Christ. To live in Christ in the way we know our doctrines to be. To live in Christ the way he asks us to be out loud in front of people. To be in Christ. And I will tell you that we believe as pastors for us collectively that this is imperative. It's urgent for right now, for this church. And one other thing is we believe it's possible that you could have training and relationship in an already busy lifestyle. But to make this vision cast for your life, it becomes essential for you. And I will tell you, as one of the pastors on this team, today on this stage humbly, I'm in. I'm in for me. I'm in for us because I want to be in Christ. Nothing else matters. And today I'm inviting you to come on that journey with us. So, church, are you in or are you out? I hope you'll be in with us this year. Let's pray. With all eyes closed, heads bowed in this place. Um, the question I want to ask is that some of us, you're here or you're online, and you have never been in Christ, period. To have the fullness of what we're even talking about today means that you submit your life to Jesus Christ. It is the essence of Ephesians, to be in Christ. I want you to know this today about Jesus and when it comes to you and your life. Jesus loves you. Jesus chose you. Even when you didn't choose him, he chose you. He set you apart. He went to a cross for your sins. He died for you. And he knew that the forgiveness of his blood that was spilt innocently could change the pattern of your life. That in him there is purpose. That in him you could build vision off of that purpose. But it all comes down to being in Christ. And if you've never submitted your life to him, today I would like to invite you to that opportunity. That Jesus loves you. And he set you up for this moment to hear that he's deeply in love with you. And it comes by submitting our hearts to him, by saying, Jesus, I need you. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways and I take your forgiveness upon my life. 
And if that is you today and you'd like to enter into the relationship in Christ, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and you could look me in the eye and then quickly put your hand back down. If you're online, you could click a link there. That will indicate and we'd love to be in touch with you as well. But today you wanna be in Christ for the first time. Or maybe it's been a long time and you're saying, I'm coming home to him. On the count of three, if that's you, it would be a privilege to pray with you today. One, two, three. Is there anybody in this room who would accept Christ today? Amen. So Father, I thank you today that you have said and spoken a word over our church community in. And it's going to happen in training and it's going to happen in relationship. And although we don't have all the answers today, you do. I know where it says we make our plans, but then the Lord determines its steps. That's where we lean to today. Trusting you for who you are and what you're going to do. So Jesus, I pray that you will help our church family this week and through the course of this year to be in Christ. Help us to not be in the world, not to be in our flesh, but to be in Christ. Teach us what this is going to look like and how we could be in to the things that you're doing in our church this year. So I give you thanks, and I worship you for these moments. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can I ask you to stand with me this morning? Um, what we're going to do together is we're going to sing a song, and I would encourage you not to slip out too quickly because I have something for you that I'll give to you, but after the song. How's that for uh, bait and hook, right? So... Um, we're going to sing this song together because it really punctuates being in Christ actually together today. So Pastor Levi, team, uh, begin to lead us with this. I'll come back and give us a close in a moment. Why don't you uh, put your hands together and let's clap to this song as we go today.
Did you notice the song where it said, into your glorious day? I mean, it's in Christ. I hope, church, that through the course of this year, you go deeper to what it means to be in Christ. And this is where we're going to do this together. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, if you are in the room today or online, and you made a decision for Jesus Christ, we're asking you to text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. Please take advantage of that. We'd love to partner with you in that journey. If you are brand new to Colwood Church here today for the first time, welcome. We are encouraging you to make sure you go to our welcome center in the back. Pastor Tyson, Pastor Jen, Pastor James are all back there. They'd love to meet you and see you. Now, um, I asked you a question earlier. Are you in or are you out? Right? So we're in. So today on your way out, make sure that you grab one of these bracelets. They're at the back door. They come in all sizes, small, medium, large. But take it only if you want to be in, right? Like you don't have to take it, but they're, they're free. They're for you. We want you to use it as a mark this year. Some of you are looking at the shirt. And you're like, I want that shirt. You can't have mine, all right? But you can get a shirt. In the Welcome Center, there are shirts available. They are not free. You will have to pay for them. I think they're $15. This is an opportunity for you. This was my jersey today because this is what I'm believing for us as a church as we go through this course of this next year. Shirts are limited in their supply, so first come, first serve. But make sure you get a bracelet. And here we go. We are in together this year. We're going to be in Christ. Church, we love you. We'll see you next week as we talk about in training. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.